0: Have you ever looked at someone thriving in their business and wondered, how did they do it? Have you ever thought that you can't have mental health and success? Have you doubted your own ability to create a financially thriving career that still has your well being at the forefront? Well, welcome to the Boardroom Brain Podcast, where we tackle those very questions. I'm Dr. Lauren Cook, and I'm a clinical psychologist and speaker that takes you behind the business and inside the minds of today's most successful and personally thriving leaders. We're taking a look at our guests' secrets to success, how they bounce back when they've been knocked down, and what advice they have for you. Oh, and I've got another motive, too. As a clinician and company consultant who frequently sees employees struggling mentally and knocking on the door of burnout... I'm invested in having conversations about how we can bring more wellness into company culture. I wanna make sure that everyone has the absolute best work experience that we all can have. And I believe that includes making sure our businesses are invested in their employees as people, not just as time card stampers and payroll lists. So get excited to listen, learn, and leverage your own leadership skills. These conversations will help you tap into your own bravery helping you reprioritize your sense of well-being, both at work and when you're off the clock. So step inside the conference room with me and welcome to the boardroom. Your brain is about to get a major bonus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Boardroom Brain Podcast today. I am here with a fantastic guest. I can't wait for you to get to know her. Let me introduce to you Ashley Wilson. She is a San Francisco-based entrepreneur raised by a used car salesman and an elevator guy. Tapping into her roots, Ashley opened and sold multiple small businesses by the age of 20, ultimately landing in the elevator business. She excelled in the industry and was leading global research projects and being mentored by the CEO of one of the leading elevator companies. It was quickly discovered that the customers were an afterthought and she made it her mission to prove that putting people first is in fact profitable. Ashley left the corporate world and founded AuditMate, the first ever elevator and escalator auditing and management software. Ashley is a CEO who gets results without sacrificing human dignity. In this new vanguard of leadership, if you're not values-based and human-centric in your approach, no one succeeds. Her motto, be excellent to each other. Well, I can buy into that right off the bat. Ashley, that's incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, just reading about your story, I thought it was incredible. I'm like, people need to hear this. And you started Audit Made in 2019, right before the pandemic really hit. I'd love to hear, how has it been being CEO of your own company?
1: It's, it has its ups and downs, since we just want to start with an elevator dad joke. Um. <laughs> No, really it's been it's been wonderful in so many ways right i left corporate because i wanted to be my authentic self and i wanted to stand up against things that felt icky in my body and i you know when you first do that when you first walk away it, it can feel really lonely and it can feel really scary and it can feel really ostracizing. But eventually you find these other folks that are like, that doesn't feel good for me either. I don't want to feel like that either. And then you like create this little tribe, right? And and I'm getting chills even just thinking about it, like that, that change of being able to be yourself and and stick true to your values and be aligned with people, um, is everything and everything that I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, and with that, it
0: can also be really freaking hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the both and everything in life is, you know, it really is the both. I feel like sometimes we get into that trap of like all or nothing thinking that it's going to be all amazing or something is all terrible. And it's, it really holds both in all instances I find. Yeah, I completely agree.
1: I often say that nothing is truly binary Mm -hmm. Um, or there are many things that are not truly binary. Why don't we not (laughs) use absolutes in that statement? Um, But trying to find the duality in everything Mm -hmm. allows me to be more compassionate.
0: Mm, ooh, ooh, ooh. Now I'm getting chills. <laughs> now I'm getting chills. Oh, that's really, really inspiring. And it just, it flows out of you already in these first five minutes. Like you can hear your passion for people. And I think that's just really refreshing to hear. And, you know, you're very open about how you were seeing clients and employees too, I'm sure, like really losing out in the process, sometimes because they weren't understanding a contract or whatever it might've been. Like I said, it's clear you're putting people first before profit. And I'm curious, you know, how you're seeing that perspective, that mentality change your industry, how clients are responding. How are you seeing this change, change the the landscape? I think
1: it's refreshing to a lot of people, right? It's we have customers just be so taken aback. Mm -hmm. Um, especially in learning what they're truly receiving from their contract
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know you mentioned in my bio I was raised by a used car salesman and an elevator guy right
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I talk about elevator maintenance I always say you know that feeling when you walk onto a used car lot and you're like I know I'm getting screwed but I don't know how oh. <laughs> I don't know that I don't know the specifics mm-hmm. but I know this doesn't feel good right? Mm-hmm. That's often how people felt about their elevator companies as well. They're mm-hmm. like, I don't know how this isn't fair, mm-hmm. but I just know it's not fair. And I don't have any proof, but it doesn't feel good in my tummy, mm-hmm. right?
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: we do these free contract analysis that we actually show clients what they're receiving of their, of their contracts.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's this huge aha moment, right? It's like, I knew it. And then to have a company come in and say, hey, we speak elevator, but we work for you. And it's our job to go out and lift the veil and show you what we are truly getting and help you get what you're paid for. Mm-hmm. And let's use language that people understand. <laughs> yes. Yes. But Let, let's, let's make sure that everything that we're doing is accessible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then let's allow space to talk about feelings and talk about who we are and talk about and, and bring our, 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 true selves. And it's refreshing on one hand. And I think it can be scary on another hand. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I've noticed it more, I think in the women that, that come to work for audit mate, Interesting. um, that they're like, I've had to act a certain way for so long. I've had the glass ceiling for so long that to take big risks mm-hmm. to, believe in myself Mm -hmm. to actually have the autonomy to make decisions without approval yeah um
0: can really be quite quite terrifying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well and i just i hear you eliminating the power differential in so many ways to really honestly like equilibrate the conversation because i know for me like when i've seen contracts sometimes my eyes just kind of Mm glaze over and you're maybe embarrassed to ask certain questions because you feel like you should know these things, but you don't. And what an empowering thing you're giving to customers to really feel like they can be a part of the conversation. Um, And it makes me think about privilege too, because understanding these contracts sometimes, like that comes from a place of privilege too. When you maybe have somebody who can look at something for you, not everybody has that. So you're making a game-changing situation happen there too. 100%.
1: I could not, I could not agree more. And we talk about that often, right? Like, um, when it comes to elevator contracts, I often say they are intentionally vague and confusing. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and it's like that in a lot of contracts. So yeah. many people come up to me and are like, we need audit mate for X. Yes. We need audit mate for this. We need audit mate for that. I mean, in my personal life, just recently, um, I was dealing with a lease situation with a landlord mm-hmm. and received this notice. And I'm like, I have a master's degree, I deal with contracts every single day. I have multiple attorneys who either work for me or contract with me. And I don't know what the heck this is saying. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get this, what about the rest of the world? (laughs) Like, this is a big part of my job. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea. Like, I know these words separately, but strung together in a sentence, I have no idea what this means. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's one of those things we're not talking about enough. You know, people get the contract, they want to move on. Let me just sign this. You slow down, you break down the process. And I I agree as, as I'm hearing you share this, I'm like, we need this for like every industry, please. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I imagine, you know, there's a lot of opportunity here for sure. And, you know, one thing we talk about a lot on this show is Mental health in the workplace, and I can hear it matters for you, especially as a CEO, how that impacts everybody else in the company. If you're open to sharing, how do you implement mental health and well being for your company at AuditMate?
1: Yeah, I often say your mental health is your responsibility,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we have unlimited PTO. And I expect my team to take days off when they need them. Yeah. And you don't have to lie about why you're taking days off. You don't have to pretend to have a stuffy nose <laughs> because you need a day off.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and in that, to be transparent, my team's had to call me out.
0: Mm.
1: Ashley, we're getting emails from you at one in the morning. How are we expected to take time off
0: mm. when we
1: need it, when that's not what you're modeling? Mm. Oof! <laughs> yeah, so it's. I mean, I think it's a constant battle. It's. It's a constant recalibration. It's a constant. Um, I think the practice is in the return
0: for mm. me. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm a recovering perfectionist for sure, mm-hmm. and and a recovering overachiever absolutely, uh-huh. and to expect myself to always be on my game when it comes to my self-care and my mental health mm-hmm. um, is an unfair expectation of myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I changed the practice to the practice is my return to the thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how often can I reface my, my, my yoga and my therapy and my meditation and the things that I need to do mm-hmm. to, self-preserve yeah um it it changed my outlook on my mental health and it made it less Mm. shaming
0: yeah I I think too about how it's so systemic it's so steeped in our culture I mean hustle culture has become something that's like such a buzzword right now and we both, I think, have that entrepreneurial spirit, which is amazing, that creativity, right, that that freedom in, in some ways. But entrepreneurialism, can, the hustle culture in that can be so overwhelming, where at least for myself, I can only speak to my own experience, but just feeling like you can't stop, you always have to keep doing more, more, more. Just the other day, yesterday, I'm sitting on the couch watching Bridgerton, and I'm like, Am I depressed because I'm not working? And it's like, no, I'm literally resting. But we have made resting almost a a form of not being okay. And and I don't know if that comes up for you at all, um, especially being the leader of your company, but it's a lot sometimes.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm like, when my rest is so riddled with shame for not being productive, I'm not resting. and so having I mean it's a practice all in itself to learn to rest and you know when I left corporate um I was also so I was doing a global research project
0: mm-hmm. I was
1: working my regular corporate job and I was opening a bar oh. in San Francisco and running the Dyke march um I was so burnt out I left literally everything mm-hmm. I quit everything and my therapist was like, you are not allowed to get off the couch for four weeks. Mm. You cannot do anything. And it broke me. (laughs) Like I grieved. It was hard. Like there was so much internal work and realizing that I have been living in fight or flight for years. My nervous system was so deregulated. Mm. My eating patterns, my sleeping, my everything was just broken. I was broken. And that was my idea of normal
0: mm-hmm. for so long. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and even in mate, I've been in those places before that it's like, the work's never going to stop. Yeah. Um, and you can work literally all night long, but guess what? You're not going to be as creative. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be as productive. Mm-hmm. You're going to be more anxious. You're and and like implementing those rest days and implementing that requirement. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like it's um yoga and meditation is is my outlet. Mm-hmm. But like that's a non-negotiable. Yep. That's your daily stand-up. <laughs> With yourself,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Um but it's hard. Yeah. It's tough. It is hard. It's super hard. And you know, what I think about too is when I'm struggling with it, what are my values? Like what matters to me in life? I know to my core my relationships matter the most. You can't really get a check box for those things, right? And I think sometimes when we're so much in that worker bee mode, we're just looking to check things off one thing after the other. And those like intangible things, the relationships, the experiences, yeah, you can't check that off, but that's actually, I think for a lot of us, like what life really feels like it's about.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think a question that I ask myself often is, would I allow or expect someone on my team to work this way?
0: Mm-hmm. And if
1: I'm like, I would never ask them to stay up till 11 pm and miss family dinner, why am I expecting that of myself and feel less than when I don't do that? Right Because right. I would never treat my team sometimes the way that I treat myself.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, well, and one thing I love about about you, Ashley, is that you're so open about who you are. I mean, even in this conversation so far like, you're owning authentically like, yeah, here's some things I've struggled with. Here's who I am. I love how you're so open and sharing about your own lived experience as a queer woman in tech. If you can share more, you know, how it's been for you, that evolution of being in the corporate space to now owning your own company, I think people will really want to hear about that experience for you.
1: Yeah, I think being different for a long time is what held me back in myself right it became my biggest insecurity and biggest source of shame and made me that that difference made me feel other
0: Mm. right
1: and integrating in and realizing that my difference is my power Mm -hmm. that is my source of power that is my truth and when I try to block a part of my truth you end up blocking all of your truth you end up blocking your emotions you end up becoming this zombie or robot and you can't tap in anymore right and when when I don't give myself permission to be who I am I'm not giving other people permission to be who they are. And so it became this flip for me. And, and you know, we spoke of privilege earlier. Um, you know, I'm, I can be easily passing. I have pretty privilege, right? I have white privilege. Mm. I have a lot of privilege that keeps me safe. Mm. It is safe for me to be out in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. as a woman, as a queer person. And because of that, I feel like it's my duty and my responsibility to be out and and be in awareness of the funding that I've got as a queer woman. Mm-hmm. I'm a part of that 2%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and also allowing and showing models and representation and being the person that I needed as as a kid. You don't have to look a certain way as as a queer person. You don't have to look a, a certain way or act a certain way as as a tech founder, as a queer founder, as a inter X Y Z right. And so living at these intersections of all of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, And then owning that allowed me to tap into my power. And also I think give permission to myself to be human Mm -hmm. and give permission to others to be human. And and then also really like, you can't use my differences against me. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of them. They're who I am. Mm -hmm. It allows me to... Not worry about being the weirdo because I'm proud of being the weirdo. <laughs>
0: yes. Own the weirdness.
1: Totally. Absolutely. If yeah. you're not a little bit weird, we're probably not going to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Well, I mean, that's why I love featuring diverse voices in all different facets of life on this show differences in ethnicity age sexual orientation gender identification ability status all these different things right because it's so important to me that we show that we all have a place where we can show up and do amazing things and that's what I find really refreshing honestly about Gen Z coming in is that I see such an openness like just show up fully as you are whereas i don't know what generation you're in i'm a millennial you know i think millennials we've gone through like we've seen a lot of changes in our time where i remember growing up and there were many people in high school who were not out you know where it was still don't share that part of yourself um you know and keep yourself buttoned up and so I think for millennials, sometimes we're really watching this evolution of people just show up as you fully are. And honestly, I think Gen Zs are a great model of how to do that.
1: I completely agree. And, and, it, and they have this like truly authentic, why do you care yes. mentality <laughs> that is so cool. about so many different things, right? Like, why does it matter your sexual orientation? Why does it matter you're this, that, or the other? We're all human. Mm -hmm. And also we're aware of the injustices Mm -hmm. and the systemic problems in this country. And we're going to be loud about it.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. What advice would you have for somebody listening to the show today who's hearing this and saying, yeah, this sounds great and I'm still afraid to show up as my true self at work. Uh, what advice would you have for them? Be afraid
1: as you show up. Mm. The, the fear is not gonna go away, right? Like, I, I, think, I think the fear is something that you've carried for a long time anyway, so just bring it with you. <laughs> Right. And, and as we continue to show up and to do the hard thing, right. Like Glennon Doyle says, we can do hard things, which is such an empowering, empowering statement to me. I know. I love her too. Um, We can do hard things. And the more that we do them, the, 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 the easier that they get. And this book that I'm reading right now, which is not my normal read, I found it in this like free library mm-hmm. thing, you know one of those like cute little like look like a birdhouse library <laughs> um, And she talks about it's um, Girl wash your face by I don't know. Oh read the Hollis. Yeah. N- not something I would normally pick up. but mm. she talks about the highest level of training mm. which is so, cool to me? Like, what is my highest level of training in this thing? Mm -hmm. If I want to run a marathon, but I've only ever ran a mile, Uh I'm probably only going to run a mile because that is my highest level of training.
0: Mm. And I'm
1: starting to have this outlook in all things that I do now with, instead of what is my goal, what is my highest level of training? Mm -hmm. So for showing up authentically Mm -hmm. If we think about it from the approach of, I want to, mm-hmm. then look at what's my highest level of training with that. Because if the highest level of training is, I only show up authentically in these scenarios, that's what we're going to con- keep repeating. Yeah. So how can you push that highest level of training 1%, right? Maybe you open up to one coworker yeah. <laughs> or you go to a networking event that you're in your authentic or in your authentic, in your professional role, Mm -hmm. but you also get to bring in some authenticity because maybe it's less scary with, um, people that aren't your coworkers. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So where can we learn to push our highest level of training in ways, knowing that fear comes along for the ride Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and just try to push that level of training. 1%, 1%, 1%. And then it feels better.
0: It starts to feel better. Hmm. I really like that. I think that's such great advice. Uh, And, you know, it's, it's this tricky dance that I think about in terms of, okay, do we show up in spaces where we are going to be different, but we're breaking those barriers, you know, creating changes. I think that's amazing. And at the same time, like if that's negatively impacting your mental health, maybe you do change companies. Maybe you do go to a place where you're loved and appreciated. You know, I, yep. I think that's that tricky dance of like, how long do I stay in this to make change? But if it's weighing negatively on me, hey, I can always make a change, you know? And you should. Yeah. I completely
1: agree, right? Like like if your nervous system is constantly not regulated, mm-hmm. And you don't feel safe. And safe, safe does not just mean from physical harm, right? Like, if you don't feel psychologically safe, it's probably not going to get better by being more authentic. (sighs) Leave, be safe, right? Like, be safe in any way that you can. And um, I think that the pandemic with the Zooms Mm -hmm. has been a really cool. Um, change that I've noticed especially in the queer community right like, like the access to community for folks in small towns mm-hmm. has been really really cool to see and even for founders right the access to network and getting to see like oh I might be different here mm-hmm. but I belong here yeah yeah and maybe that makes not living there more tolerable because you know there is somewhere you belong and maybe that helps you be authentic and that helps you feel more safe because your perspective can change
0: a little. Hmm. I I love that and what a great point that you bring to that because you know I'm right there with you. I feel like Zoom in some ways allowed us to see our colleagues as way more than just colleagues but as people. Like mm-hmm. even the backgrounds, I hate when people blur out their screens. I'm Thank like, you. no, show me your life. Show me your, like, I want to know who you are as a human being. Like even for people listening to this episode, go and watch the YouTube version because I want you to see like Asha's amazing background right now. Like it shows part of your identity, right? Like how we express ourselves in the world. Um, I've got my whole like gallery wall behind me, amazing. like um, even as we see people's kids come on camera right or our pets come across the screen like right we've got to show our full humanity at work I think that helps us care so much more about each other so that it's not just about the work product yep
1: mm-hmm. yep totally mm-hmm. agree
0: uh, I feel like we could talk for a long time <laughs> but one question I have for you that that we ask everybody you know what do you do for your mental health on a daily basis? I know you talk about yoga, meditation, break that down even more for us.
1: I've been doing the FitMind app lately, oh, okay. which I really like because I have been super fascinated recently with the merging of Eastern practices mm-hmm. and then how that's proved neurologically. Mm-hmm. has been like my funnest pet project recently, right? So like what is meditation doing to the brain?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What does um even like the act of volunteering and charity work
0: mm-hmm.
1: lights up the same pleasure sensors in our brain as when we receive a gift. Yes. Right. And so if your cup's not feeling full and you're not feeling like you're getting the love that you need you can go volunteer and it does the same thing in your brain (laughs) right and so that that's been super fascinating and cool to me and the and the fit mind app is more science-based
0: so
1: it, it it respects the eastern practices that it's derived from but then it lets you know scientifically what's going on with your body or your mind and how you're rewiring these neural pathways. Um, so that's a really, that's a really fun one. Cool one that I've been doing lately. Mm -hmm. Um, yoga is for sure my outlet. Like I, I know I've mentioned it, but it, um, being able to know the difference between discomfort and pain, Mm -hmm. um, being able to return to something again and again, when it's hard, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, being able to practice Mm -hmm. non-attachment. And, and I mean, yoga in the sense more of just the poses, but the, the, the entire eight limbs of yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's one of the most humbling and hard things I've done in my life and continue like, you know, tears on the yoga mat are just <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty life changing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then other than that is we talked about rest earlier. Rest has been something really hard for me mm-hmm. and work-life balance um, is, I'm like, what is that? What does that mean? Right. Like, how do you do that? Why, why, why would you do that also? Like, what's the point? Right. And so trying to find ways to integrate in like bike riding or reading or, Hey, if I need to schedule it and check a box to make my brain feel better um, when I'm in this state of like robot mode. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, That is a form of self-care is like doing things in ways that my brain can allow due to my nervous system state. Right. And if I'm unregulated because I'm super hyperactive in work and I'm delivering a big project and it feels terrible to not be working, then maybe I need to take make self-care Work and I'm using air quotes here because I need to put it in my calendar and I need to check a box and I need to make it feel a way that is more palatable to my state of mind Mm. right then.
0: That is really good. I I love that. That ties in with what we had a guest on the show the other day. Kaylin was sharing based on how she's feeling. Sometimes she feels more depressed, sometimes she feels more anxious, and she's really open about that. She says, I have different tasks based on my different mental states right? If I'm lower wave energy, I'm going to do something that's a little easier to just check the box versus do I have more brain capacity to do some of that deeper thinking? I'm hearing you do that too. You kind of feel what your energy is and do your work based on that too.
1: Absolutely. One of the best pieces of advice that I've ever received, and and I think this will really um, uh, land for some for folks that feel like they're overachievers or perfectionists is the practice of self-care is not the act, it is the choice. It is the pause that we take to reflect on what our body needs in that moment and then making a choice. And when it shifted for me of my self-care looks like this many yoga minutes and this many meditation minutes and this many this, when I didn't do that, shame came into play. Mm -hmm. And when I shift the practice of self-care to being the choice of honoring what my body needs, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: sometimes that choice is, I'm not doing anything. That is self-care, that is empowering, that is magic, that is being able to tune in and ask ourselves what we need. And so that's my practice now. And it, it's changed my entire relationship with um,
0: self-care. Mm, the choice, the choice. That is, that's the quote right there. I think what you were just saying, that it that it is the choice, the intentionality in it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. so many amazing nuggets for people today. I want to wrap with a question that we always ask our guests, very last question of the show. And my favorite question to ask, it's a bit of a biggie. But I think this will be special too, you know, for people that you know as well, maybe listening. Ashley, what do you hope that your legacy will be? I hope to
1: live my life so unapologetically and so true to my values, and then tell that story in a way. That helps others and makes people feel less alone and makes people feel like they are enough and they have permission to be human.
0: Whew. It's so interesting to me how you answered that because you know sometimes people really wrestle with that question. I sensed, as you said it, like you, you've thought about this, like, you know, and that that's powerful. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I, I feel like I need to do a yoga session after this. Now (laughs) I think I need to hit the mat. Uh, What a beautiful conversation you've given us today. Thank you for pouring your heart out, your mind out. Oh, I, my soul feels like it just had a delicious meal. <laughs> so of uh, just, uh, you gave us so much inspiration today. So I'm really grateful for you and tell us, Ashley, where can people connect with you, learn more about the work you're doing? Follow up.
1: You can find me on LinkedIn is probably where I'm most active. Um, our website is auditmate.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am on Instagram personally at elevator curator.
0: Oh, I like that handle. Okay, good. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show. So grateful to have you here. And I can't wait to continue to see the amazing things you do. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of the boardroom brain podcast. Let's cultivate those networking skills. Starting today, share this episode with someone who could benefit from listening and leave a comment and review to let me know what you think subscribe to get all the latest episodes and don't hesitate to tell me who you'd love to hear on the podcast. Don't forget that you're always welcome to watch the YouTube version of these episodes as well. If you'd like to experience this conversation visually, I always welcome your feedback and I hope today's dialogue sparked your own insights. Here's to fostering those healthy brains, both in the boardroom and beyond.